This is an ABC podcast. Can you be more Pacific? On ABC Radio Australia. And welcome to Can You Be More Pacific? I'm Dean Hullatow, and today I'm joined by another new co-host. We've got a guest, Corbin Baxter, who is an NRLW superstar, represented Australia, represented New South Wales, uh, and it's great to have her on the show. Corbin, thanks for joining us. Kia ora, Dean. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. We've got a jam-packed show for you, plenty to get through. We're going to find out what's happening in Tonga with Tavake Fangupo. We've got a musical question on You Can Ask That, plus we'll debate players having a sook. But first, Dino, how was your week? Uh, Corbin, my week's been pretty good. Lots of footy on the weekend. I actually went out to Belmore, which was cooking on Sunday. We'll talk a little yes. bit about that um, for work. Uh, went up to Newcastle and called the, my, like my first look at the Dolphins last Friday with Brett Sprigg on, on the airways. So that was, um, that was fun seeing the Dolphins in, in person, I guess, and um, they're pretty impressive. So footy, that's like life, as footy, you know, footy, footy. footy takes over. What about you, Corbin? What's been happening? I'm sure there's been plenty going on. Yes, lots going on. Um, you know, just living my best mum life with my, my new little bub Bodie and, and the fam. Um, they've been keeping me really busy. Got to catch the um, Harvey Norman Women's Premiership Monday Night Footy. Called the game it was Mounties versus Sharks. So um, yeah, really good, really good to sort of be back in. I'm not playing at the moment, obviously coming back from Bub, but um, good to to be around the game in some capacity still. Um, and just yeah, getting back into a bit of training again. Had my first run um, this week was which was pretty exciting too. So um, lots lots happening. Uh, and Bowden, like, is that named after? Bowden Bowden or is it? It actually is. So yeah. I've got, um, yeah, Bowden and Carter. So you tell me the, what you think. Yeah, yeah. The, rug, the rugby background is strong. Yes, no we pressure, love our All Blacks. No we love our All Blacks. Well, speaking of which, our top story for this week is uh, with the All Blacks and they've announced from 2024 onwards. So after the World Cup, there's going to be a new coach and it's none other than Scott Robertson, who is the Crusaders coach, who everyone loves to see because when the Crusaders have picked up, I think it's six, as, with him as coach, six successive Super Rugby titles, he's a dancing man. He loves to get down and do break dancing <laughs> post-match and celebrate, but um, a fairly accomplished coach uh, in terms of his Super Rugby uh, resume, but also represented the All Blacks himself. So a pretty good appointment for the All Blacks. Yeah, yeah, really great track record. Um, you know, it's it's interesting that they've announced it before the World Cup, usually they wait till after, but um, I guess they sort of didn't want to lose him to some other countries, possibly. But um, yeah, loved love seeing his breakdancing moves. I reckon I could, um, you know, pick up a few moves from there. <laughs> do you what? Do you celebrate after wins like that? Um, I've I've thrown a shuckers up, but that's about you, as that's about as fancy as I get. I thought you were about to say you threw a shoey down or something. <laughs> You'll never catch me doing a shoey ever. <laughs> no, no, good, yeah, good point. Shoeys are no good, but as as you say, after the World Cup, Ian Foster will remain the coach through that period, and a little bit. Maybe there's a little bit less pressure on Ian Foster. There's been a lot of talk around his role. Uh, he's going into World Cup. He, Cup. he will have uh, the job until the end of it. Maybe he just relaxes and uh, enjoys that moment. Maybe yeah. a, uh, a World Cup for the All Blacks. Uh, now, on to Super Rugby Pacific. And the Queensland Reds and the Fijian Drua played up in Queensland on the weekend. Now, I want to mention this game because the Fijian Drua had a really strong win back home in Fiji against the Crusaders last weekend. Uh, we spoke with one of their players, uh, Leone Rotu-Sulia, Rotu-Sulia, I should say, um, and about that victory, but also about himself. And he actually took the first try for the draw on the weekend. Uh, pretty good for him to do that. But 
unfortunately not enough for the draw to get across the line. The final score was Reds 27-24. They came home late, um, Fiji, but uh, not enough to get the job done in the end. Yeah, it's always tough. Queensland Reds at home at Lang Park, but Fiji and Drew did well to, to get that close. Yeah, they certainly did. Now, other code, Rugby League, the one we both love, round three on the weekend, multicultural round. And it was a round of like super hot games. Like There was a number of times where the heat, NRL's heat policy was employed. So that meant um, trainers were able to get on the field more regularly to provide water. They had intermittent breaks, so 20 minutes of each half. They stopped for water breaks because of the conditions. Um, as I mentioned, I was out there on Sunday at um, at Belmore, which was really hot. Uh, I sort of had had it covered either way. The Tigers played the Bulldogs, so I was happy whoever won. But um, a guy that, that's been given a few raps by outsiders, Paul Alamotti, um, he's been uh, talked up by a lot of people, but his coach, Cameron Serrato, has also talked him up. He had a hand in Josh Adokar's second try. Dewey the kick from 24 out. Alamotti or Adokar. It's Alamotti took it ahead of Nakaluma. And he's away. Oh, no, he's got Adokar. He said, run 70, Josh. Dewey coming across. Back to Alamotti. He's going to look up again. One hand back to Adokar. That was perfection. Perfection. (laughs) Yeah, two speeches, Alamotti and Adokar. Pretty cool to watch. Um, just the great support by Adokar as well. But the uh, Bulldogs sort of died a little bit in the end. Probably the heat got to them and Tigers made a pretty um, impressive comeback. Yeah, they almost got there, the Tigers. But Bulldogs, hang on. He's actually Tongan background too, Paul Alamotti. So um, hope to see him maybe wearing the, the red of uh, MMT in the future. Now, the other two games that I just want to point out, the Broncos beat the Dragons. They finished fast uh, to end up 40 points to 18. So um, they showed some real attack late in the game. But also the Dolphins, who I mentioned before, took on Newcastle in Newcastle and got the job done there, which sets up uh, a pretty big clash uh, next week. We'll get into that later in the show. I think it's going to be one of the biggest games of the year. Talanoa time. On Can You Be More Pacific? Well, we're very fortunate to have Tavake Fungupo coming on the show with us uh, today. He is all the way from Tonga. He's an NRL Game Development Manager, uh, and it's great to have him on the show again. Tavake, thanks for joining us. Um, Malo, thank you, uh, Dean, for having me uh, on again. Uh, Much appreciated. Well... (laughs) Firstly, uh, we'll get you to give our listeners a bit of an update as to where things are at with yourself. We, we spoke a while back about League for Life and, and different programs that have been run on the ground there in Tonga. Um, but yeah, just, just give an update to the, our listeners about where you're at. Yeah, sure. Um, th- this year, we've, uh, we're in the, in the process of uh, starting our secondary school uh, rugby league competition, um, which starts this week on Friday. Uh, this will be the first time that the uh, rugby league com- competition has started since the uh, tsunami in Thailand. So we haven't had a competition since 2019. Um, so it's pretty exciting for the for the young kids to get back in and uh, uh, play some footy. Um, it's also a historical event for us. It's the first time that girls have participated in rugby league competition in Thailand. Uh, we've never had that before. There is rugby uh, women's uh, rugby union that play in the competition, uh, but uh, rugby league this is the first time. So it's a uh, bit of a milestone for us and uh, we're looking forward to, to uh, supporting the, the young girls here in Tyre and um, yeah, going from there. Tavake Corbin here. Um, just on that really huge moment for um, the Tongan women having their first rugby league competition, um, can you talk to us about, has there been any challenges that you've had to get approval for, for to make this happen? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think uh, 
Tonga being a really traditional country, um, you know, a woman playing footy or rugby uh, has been a challenge in the past. But uh, I guess now that um, you know, seeing more and more women playing in, in a higher and elite side of sports and 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 being played on and on TV in Tonga, um, you know, it's a bit more uh, welcoming, I guess, for for people here in Tonga to accept women playing sport. And um, yeah, so we were trying our best in Tonga to. To help develop uh, women's participation, and uh, yeah, and this, and as mentioned, this year being the milestone for for women or girls playing in, in the sport uh, is going to be going to be great for the country. I, I guess having someone like Simon Matalfa, who's obviously a superstar of the NRLW and has played at the highest level here in Australia, having someone like who are represented, I'd seen her on your promo poster. Uh, it'd be a pretty good role model for for young girls in, in Tonga to look up to. Most most definitely, um, Simone is on on a lot of our. Um, uh, billboards here in Thai and also out of islands uh, promoting voices against violence but also recognising her as a top athlete uh, playing at the, the higher higher end in NRL and um, yeah, hopefully uh, young girls from, from here in Thai can look up to her and hopefully uh, see there's a pathway to NRLW in the, in the near future. I, I guess with, with the competition taking place this week, it's uh, a six-week competition, I believe. What's the preparation been uh, for all the players that are participating, all the teams that are participating? Yeah, it's been it's been great. Uh, you know, uh, we've only got a, a, a um, small amount of staff manpower wise. It's you know just trying to get around to all the villages to, to sort of uh, train and and, and and the basics, especially for young girls who are new to rugby league. Um, just try and get them to understand the rules. Um, so, you know, after work we spend most of the time driving around to all the villages and, and doing some clinics, and, and uh, hopefully over the next six weeks, um, uh, we're also able to teach uh, school teachers to also take that on board and. Um, and how about the, the girls and also the boys uh, with understanding the game more? Yeah, and um, you, you spoke about there hasn't been this this um, tournament since 2019 due to the tsunami. How how much excitement is there around the players and getting back out there and playing playing their sport that they love to play? Yeah, very very excited. I mean, uh, it's, it's wet season here in Thailand, so every day is storming and raining, and uh, you know I still turn up to the footy field and the kids are still ready to play. So uh, rain or shine, uh, you know they're still very excited to. To, to train and, and prepare for this upcoming competition. Um, so it just shows that uh, the kids are just, um, yeah, looking forward to playing some sport and, uh, and, and, yeah, enjoying themselves and having fun. Now, one of the things you know on the show is that there's a, a really good relationship with the Australian government. Uh, Pacific Oz Sports has played a, a pretty important part in helping getting this competition up and running. Yes, 100%. Uh, thank, thank you to uh, Pacific Oz Sports uh, last year. They've, they've come through and uh, with some funding that uh, obviously have given us... Um, support uh, financially to run this competition and also to employ some staff to um, you know, support staff to actually do these clinics and uh, and, and grow the game so um, yeah uh, you know, if it wasn't for sort of our sports we probably wouldn't be in the position we are now but uh, hopefully in the long term it continues uh, you know to help us grow the game in time. Speaking of that, what what else has been happening um, around, obviously with NRL, uh, yourself and your role? You, you mentioned Voice Against Violence that Samaima has been in, involved with before in country, League for Life, different, um, I guess, yeah. programs that tackle social issues. Has that been um, ticking along as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We've um, that's, that's probably one of our um, biggest uh, programs here in Tonga for uh, sport for development is in that community outreach uh, side of things with uh, Voice Against Violence. Uh, we've got a small team who... Who, uh, who deliver programs uh, a little bit different in time. We, we target more the secondary schools. Um, uh, our team is currently in one of the outer islands uh, where Andrew Fafita is from, delivering uh, 
Boys Against Violence programs to secondary schools. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely a, a program that uh, secondary schools are, are, are more acceptable now, as in the past, you know, uh, that subject was a bit taboo, uh, being culturally in the Pacific, but now they're using NRL and the sport as a vehicle to get into schools and, and deliver these programs that have uh, been a lot more acceptable to its uh, principals and, and students. You mentioned Andrew Fafita, and we know that uh, over the last probably five years, there's there's been a, a big interest in rugby league in Tonga because of the the likes of Andrew and Jason Dalmalolo That's that's become household names here in Australia, but also represented their country, uh, I guess, with distinction. Has rugby league, like the domestic competitions in rugby league, have they um, gathered some momentum, albeit with the you know the challenges of the natural disaster? Yeah, no, definitely, yeah. I mean, um, you know, every time um, they, they hear of Jason Tamalo or, you know, David Fido or Siwa Daukeaho, our, our really, um, you know, famous um, MMT players, uh, you know, everybody um, everybody is always supportive of. And when it comes to rugby league competitions, whether it's junior or senior or open age level, uh, you know, um, yeah, they're always uh, associating them to rugby league and the growth. And, and uh, you know, I think... Um, uh, those guys uh, coming into Tonga, you know, they, 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 you still can't compete with the floats that they cause here in Tonga, and you know, people dressed up in red. But yeah, they have a huge following, and if it wasn't for those guys, uh, rugby league wouldn't be as popular as a sport in, in our Pacific country. I'm, I'm interested. Has uh, has Alan Tung been into the country recently? We, we've we've spoken to Tungy on the show before, and he's a very popular guy at the NRL. He actually won the NRL um, Employee of the Year last year. Um, but I know that yep. he's he's been in country to run programs before. Yep, Tangi's a fantastic. He's been a, he'd been here a few times with us, and uh, yeah, he's he's uh, uh, he's actually come with Samoa a couple of times as well too. And we've gone out to you know police recruits and army and schools, and done a lot a number of workshops. But uh, yeah, we look forward to Tangi every time he comes over. Yeah, he does a great great job on helping us um, develop and um, and um, you know deliver our program to the community. But, uh, you know, the Tangi's a great advocate here in Tonga for our program. Yeah, he certainly is. Well, Tavaka, thanks very much for um, coming on the show and, and sharing with us what's happening in rugby league in, in Tonga. And, and we look forward to seeing the results of the um, the secondary schools competition. Before we let you go, we um, we played this on the show with you last time. I'm certain of it. Maybe we did. Yeah. Do you remember playing the, the um, tip-on game with us? Rapid-fire questions? <laughs> No, 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 I don't think so. Okay, so you haven't <laughs> played it. So this will be your first time. Basically, with yeah. our guests, we like to play a rapid-fire question uh, questionnaire. It's called Tip On. 60 seconds. Yep. We want you to say the first thing that comes to your mind when we ask the question. Um, are you ready yep. to play? Yeah, for sure, yeah. All right. <laughs> what have you been binging? Uh, chocolate. <laughs> what is your coffee order? Long black. Uh, who is your sporting hero? Uh, Tangy. Uh, what would be your wrestler entrance song? No idea. <laughs> what was your favourite movie as a kid? Uh, Forrest Gump. Uh, what's something you could eat for a month straight? Oranges. Favourite place you've travelled to? Tama. What is the most used app on your phone? Spotify. Do you have a hidden talent? No. Which shoe do you put on first, your left or your right? Right. Uh, in a movie of you, who would pay, play you? No idea. <laughs> uh, scale of one to ten, ten being the best. How good are you at keeping secrets? Five. Uh, what was your first concert you went to? Michael Jackson. Nice. Uh, who's your celebrity crush? My wife. 
Ah, good answer. Good <laughs> answer. answer. I think that's probably the most answers we've got out of a uh, – That's a point. You were like, shooting off very well. Well, <laughs> thanks, guys. thanks very much for joining us on Can You Be More Pacific. We look forward, as I said, to seeing the results of that competition. And any time you want to share some uh, details of what's happening on the ground, feel free to reach out. Awesome. Thanks again, Dean. Nice to meet you, Corbin. And also good to see you uh, here again, uh, uh, Renal. And uh, all the best. My love to everybody listening and, uh, in the Pacific. That was Tavake Fungapur, NRL Game Development Manager in Tonga. You can ask that. Your chance to ask what it's really like to be an elite athlete on Can You Be More Pacific? So this week's question is not so much about what it's like to be an athlete. It's a part of being an athlete, and that's a post-match celebration song. So there's a player in um, in the Super League in England. He played for St. Helens, won a bunch of premierships. So he's got, he's got a resume, Kyle Amor. And uh, he uh, went on um, Super League coverage over there. He was doing an interview, and he's talking about how he doesn't like um, post-match celebration songs. He thinks they're childish. He thinks it's just banging on a on a esky or banging on a drum or a chair or whatever, and a lot of noise made. So he's like, he's a fun police. He's tried to to knock it down. So we've got a question from Tavita on Instagram. Do we agree with team songs? Should they be sung post-match in celebration? And um, yeah, I, I take a little bit of exception to what Cole said, but I'll let you um, start off. Corbin, what do you reckon about oh, this? I think he is the fun police. That's a, that's the <laughs> highlight, especially of a win. You know, you've been out on on the battlefield, you've played your heart out, and it's like the the number one thing that we, us girls want to get back into the sheds and and sing our song loud and proud. So, um, no, I don't think it's childish at all. I think you should be proud of who you play for, and um, yeah, that that's pretty much you know my, my the most exciting part of the day. Let's have a sample from the Penrith Panthers. This is maybe what he's sort of alluding to in terms of just a lot of noise. You caught all that, didn't you, Corpse? <laughs> yeah, word for word. That's <laughs> <laughs> actually the, the that was a song that when I was at the Bulldogs, we sang the same song. Obviously, insert Bulldogs instead of Panthers. Yeah. Uh, and um, there was I, I remember on social media a few years ago there was a, a bit of back and forth between the social media teams of the Bulldogs and the Panthers saying, you know, we we done it first. Just stop stealing our song. <laughs> the Panthers have got a few premierships under their belt now, so they can um, they can brag about it more. But yeah, I think Cole's a bit a bit of a Sourpuss with this. I, th- I agree with you, Corbin. I think yeah. when you're out on the field, you have a tough game and you get a, a victory. The, one of the best things about that is going back and celebrating with your teammates and singing a song loud. And doesn't matter if you can't say the words, or you can't hear the words <laughs> properly. If you get the rhythm and the beat, and although some players don't have the most rhythm, but if you get that right, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like it. I think it's pretty good. Is, are there any uh, songs that you can think of that you've heard other teams sing that you like? Oh, um, other teams, I think the dragons that I've seen the girls put up on their social a few times, theirs is pretty fun, but can't go past me chooks. I think they've got, we've got the best song. Yeah. The chooks. I like, um, you know what I like? I like the Fijian Bati, the national team in rugby league, cause they oh, do, yes, yes. uh, Masu, their, their, their hymn after a game, right? So that's a little, that's a very different post-match. It's not always in celebration. It's just they're coming together at the end of the game. And that's like. 
That's pretty cool. It is very cool. I lo- I love watching that too. They sing it usually before a game, right? Yeah, they do yeah. it before a game, um, and then they often bring the opposition together and they get a big circle going and they sing it after the game as well. So yeah, beautiful. But that's like proper singing with some good voices and yeah, bit of harmonies. So <laughs> a little bit different to what we're hearing. Would you be up high or low, Dean? Uh, middle, middle of the road, like everything I do, <laughs> just middle of the road. Um, good question, but from Tavita and, um, we, we all say that, that Kyle just needs to lighten up a bit and enjoy, a, like what's wrong with being a child. Um, <laughs> if you've got a question, you can send it through to our DMs. I'm at Dean Hartel. What's your, um, Instagram, Corbin? Corby McGregor. Corby McGregor. Uh, or you can send it to Sarah as well. She'll pass it on to us. Can you be more Pacific on ABC Radio Australia? Oh, my God. You're with Corbin and Dean talking all things sport across the Pacific. Stick around. We'll spotlight our favourite socials. We'll tackle the tough headlines in the ruck. But up next, play on or on report. All right, it's time to go back to Play On On Report. Basically, this is a segment. We take an issue that's happened in sport, and then we decide uh, which side of the issue we sit on. Is it Play On, keep going, or is it On Report, no good? And this week's incident, it's from the Titans versus Storm game up in the up in the Gold Coast, I should say, last week, and it's about a disgruntled player wanting, not wanting to leave the field. Michael Carrianis, you've got some big news down there. Yeah, very interesting little moment there, little period in play. Tanner Boyd has the interchange card ready to come onto the field, and the trainers called out Kieran Foran to come from the field, and Kieran, Kieran Foran looked at him and told him no. Yeah, and he's right. The trainers just had to go out there and drag him off. He's come off now, yeah. Kieran Foran. Yeah. How, MC, and now he's looked up to the box as well. He's not happy. How do you describe his mood? He's only five metres from you, MC. Not impressed. He, spra- he said no from the restart of play, and they've gone on and dragged him off, and he's come from the field at, at the second time. Drama. <laughs> Drama, no good. That's on report for me. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, yeah, if the coach is pulling you off, you've got to get off, mate. (laughs) Get off the field? Yeah. Uh, Have you ever had, or have you ever felt like when you've had, like, have you been taken from the field for an interchange, might have been planned or whatever, and you've gone like, no, I don't really want to go off the field. Have you been in that (laughs) position before? Oh, no, I haven't, other than being injured, but no, not nothing like that. But, I mean, I can sort of, See, he's a competitor, but I feel like, yeah, if if the coach has made that call, you've you've got to listen and, and get on with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say play on because Kieran Foran is an experienced guy, and obviously he's very competitive, as you say. You, you yeah. get competitive, and you don't want to be off the field. A big match of playing the Storm, they're at home, and he's wanting to make a name for himself as one of their key guys. He was carrying a, an injury a few weeks ago, so I don't know what's going on behind the scenes if the coach has said, hey, we're going to keep an eye on you if you've got an injury, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, yeah, for him to, like, sort of crack it, tell the trainer to, to not like – he does want to go off, like, that's – yeah. Nah, play on. <laughs> He's earned it, Kieran. <laughs> Do your best to stay on the field. Oh, yeah, it's, um, it, it is a, it's a pretty funny one, actually, but, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I just I, I'd be a little embarrassed, like looking up to the to the box and thinking, "Leave me on, coach." But um, yeah. <laughs> I, I I reckon I've like before been taken from the field when I haven't been ready to come off, and I've like looked up and thought, "Why am I being taken off? Have I done something wrong?" Like yeah. I probably felt that way, but I'd, I would have just put my tail between my legs and walked off the field. <laughs> I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have blown up. But um, yeah, I guess we're either side of it. You say, Kieran, um, suck it up. Mm-hmm. Get off the field yep. and let the team do the team thing. Yeah. I'm saying, Kieran, fight for your spot. Yeah. 
<laughs> Can you be more Pacific? Keeping it social. First question, Corbin, are you like heavy on social media? Do you go on quite a bit? And uh, Yeah, I am. I'm pretty... What's your strength? Instagram? Definitely Instagram. That's TikTok. pretty much. Uh, no, not, I'm pretty weak on TikTok. I've got an account. Um, throughout COVID, I, I tried to get a bit of content on the TikTok, <laughs> but um, no, I've dwindled a little bit more Instagram. You sound like you're my, my age when you say it that way. <laughs> Try a bit of content on, uh, on TikTok. Well, so keeping it social. So what have you gone through the socials and found this week that uh, it's taken your eye? Yeah. So my top social story is 100-year-old woman, Ida Keeling. She broke the 100-meter world record for runners over 80 years old. Um, she clocked it at 1 minute 17 seconds. So yeah, a really great video that came through on the socials. And if you want to check it out, it's at the Female Athlete Project. Very cool. I like that. Good music too. <laughs> I the tiger as she uh, it breaks her record. What was the time? One minute and 17 seconds. Yeah. Not Fine. bad. I hope I'm moving that well at that age. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, look, my one, I've gone to rugby. I don't like going to rugby too often, but I've gone to the Rugby World Cup Instagram and they've got this uh, this clip of uh, a player. I don't know who the player is, but um, his warm-up routine for kicking his goal, it's quite um, unique, I'd say. It looks like he's trying to wait to go to the toilet or something. I don't know. It's hard to describe what's going on, but this is on <laughs> uh, the World Cup, uh, sorry, the Rugby World Cup Instagram and also on Rugby Pass. And in the end, he kicks the goal really well, uh, straight between the sticks. Um, but yeah, I, it just made me think, I wonder, is there any unique kicking styles that you've seen, Corbin, in uh, in the women's game that uh, spring to mind? Any teammates you want to throw under the bus for oh, there? Oh, the women's game. Um... Maddie Studden has a bit of a lengthy <laughs> kicking routine. She, yeah. yeah, she, um, oh, she just takes the time. Um, but I don't mind it because it gives me time to get back on, on side, ready to go. But, um, no, other than that, I think the girls are pretty, pretty quick. They get on with it. They don't muck around too much. <laughs> There's a couple of guys in the NRL, I think, take a long time to, to get the kicks away. Sam Walker seems to take forever. Their players, there's actually rules around how long you can take to, to kick a goal. So it's uh, it's interesting watching them get the hurry on from the referees when yeah. they do that. I was thinking about uh, someone in the NRL that, that has a weird or a quirky kicking style. And Adam Dewey, I noticed this a few years ago, after he kicks the ball, he runs back along the touchline. Then he takes a step off the field. He turns around, like, this is about the halfway line, I think. He turns around, like, perpendicular to the field and just steps on and then goes back to his kicking position. <laughs> kind of like Raf- Rafa Nadal. Like, yeah, they've like, got their own little thing going on and they have to make sure they stick to it each time, right? Yeah. I, 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 I didn't pay attention to if it was after a successful or an unsuccessful kick. <laughs> Maybe it's uh, it's his penance if he misses a kick, I don't know. But um, yeah, weird kicking styles. Now, we have to give an honourable mention to the NRL on their Instagram. They uh, put a post up to celebrate what was multicultural round last week, round three, and a bunch of pitches. Uh, uh, I don't know, what they, what's it called when the pitches are all... You carousel. Swat, a carousel, that's it. <laughs> Nelly's <laughs> laughing at my lack of um, tech 
TikTok on uh, on Instagram. But yeah, carousel with pictures from um, the weekend of players representing their their culture and their heritage, which is pretty cool. Yeah, really cool. I especially love seeing um, the Roosters. They all you know walked out with their flags on and or into their sheds. So yeah, really great to see some great representation throughout the NRL and and all their cultures. And uh, it's a really special round. I really love that the NRLs embraced it. And um, yeah, it's just it's awesome to see. In the ruck, tackling the tough headlines in sport on Can You Be More Pacific? So, tough headlines. The first one we'll kick off with is in the NRL. And it's not, I don't think this is a tough headline. This is a positive step in terms of player care and, and welfare. And NRL last week announced a concussion rule change. So, 11 day stand down for anyone that suffers a concussion in the NRL, and it will be for the NRLW as well. Um, but yeah, 11-day stand-down means that a player, uh, in order to get back on the field before 11 days, that they'd have to follow uh, or go through a fairly strict exemption process. So there's a range of criteria that make it hard, but essentially players will be stood down for 11 days uh, if they suffer a concussion. That's a training or playing, um, which I think is a really positive step. Now, the intention is that a player will miss one week uh, of, of football. Uh, if you think about... The turnaround in games, players, the longest turnaround you can have between one round of regular competition is Thursday one week to Sunday the following week, which is 10 days. So if it's 11 days stand down, you can't play that following week. Um, But then the longest turnaround you get is uh, a Thursday, sorry, a Sunday to a Thursday two weeks later, um, which is the 11th day, which a player can come back on. Um, and that would be um, meaning they wouldn't miss two games. Um, but obviously that's an uncompl- un- uncomplicated recovery from a concussion. So um, anyway, regardless, it's a, a pretty positive move, I think, to make sure you know that there's, there's care taken for players. Yeah, I agree. It's um, de- definitely player welfare is, is super important. And, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of concussions in, in especially the men's game and, and the women's game as well over the last season. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's it's great that the NRL are, you know, taking this seriously and, um, yeah, putting the players' welfare at forefront of mind. Yeah, there's um, it's it's a fairly hot topic around the world in collision sports and, and a number of sports around the world have taken measures like this um, it, previously to, to make sure player care is, is front of mind. And um, one thing I do know is that we've got, you know, some really highly qualified um, doctors at all clubs working with NRL, W, NRL, and also in uh, advising the NRL in the building as well. So um, that's the forefront of everyone's mind is to making sure players are looked after. And uh, it should be, especially with respect to concussion. You only had concussion, any concussions yourself, Corpse? Uh, I had one minor one in um, an All-Stars match. I think I, yeah, so it was right at the start of the season, um, I think, there was a break in between that match North Queensland. Was it North up in North Queensland. Queensland. Yeah, 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 literally right. I think it was the last two minutes of the game. Um, just a friendly fire with um, Talisha Harden. And yeah, I was like, yeah, I had a bit of a break before the Harvey Norman women's premiership kicked off. So um, I was all good to, to get back into it. Yeah. Good to, good to hear. Now, uh, a not so nice story from the NRL and uh, trolls are back looking up at North Queensland and uh, their winger Cole Felt, um, amongst others within the team, um, raised this with his club and their, their uh, CEO, Jeff Rival has pushed it further, um, trying to investigate some poor behaviour or some poor comments that were made towards Cole and, and also to his partner uh, online, which is obviously, um, one, it's bad enough for, for players to have to go through that, but for... Um, family to be drawn into that sort of 
conversation or that chat as well is pretty ordinary. Yeah. Oh, trolls, they will, they just, they really annoy me. And there's always stories like this. And, um, yeah, it's something that, um, yeah, just is, is really frustrating because people can hide behind a, a computer and um, the keyboard and, and write whatever they want and hurt hurt people and, and get away with it. So, um, you know, we, we see a few stories in the women's game as well. I know um, last year there was some stuff around some female players being too masculine and things like that. So, yeah, it really irks me. And, and um, it, it's nice that, you know, the NRL community get around each other, but it, it really takes a toll on, on players' confidence and, and their well-being. So, yeah, really, really dislike um, that part of of the world in general. Have you seen in the in the NRLW in particular, with as, as the game has grown in, um, I guess, its popularity and players have become more household names that are on social media, have you seen a lot of players challenged by trolling on, online? Yeah, definitely. And I guess that comes with, you know, the growth of the game and, you know, coming through the ranks as a female player, we always um, speak about, you know, wanting to get equality with the men and, and with that comes, you know, stuff like this. And as, you know, the big the big names in the NRLW, um, you know, have headlines and, and um, with that comes some, some trolling and people with their opinions that, you know, we've got to get used uh, – we don't have to get used to it, but um, I just try to sort of stay away from it. But, you know, it's going to come with, you know, the growth of the game. Oh, importantly, the, this issue, as I said, the, the Cowboys CEO, Jeff Reibold, uh, approached the NRL Integrity Unit and they've got avenues to, to investigate. Um, the Office of eSafety can come in, a government organisation, to look at all things that are um, online, obviously eSafety, that um, could be down this same sort of trail in terms of online abuse. And um, I think it's important for any young players that start to experience this that they can go to you know, their coach and then their club, whatever it might be, and, and follow that that sort of same um, that same path to making sure you you you're tracking down who's behind it if they're behind like a yeah. you know like a burner account or whatever and making sure you uh, stamp it out because you're right it's not it's not on and it's um yeah I, I find it strange as well not strange but I find it you know ordinary that people can feel the comfort to be able to do that behind their um, computer. Yeah, absolutely. Now, staying with the NRL, and this um, this is something that was brought up in the ABC coverage on the weekend, the the collective bargaining agreement, which is ongoing. And I'll throw to some audio from um, Michael Karianis to see where the CBA is at at the moment. Well, considering that it expired in in November, gives you So, yeah, I I can't tell you exactly where it's at because, you know, the NRL is saying it's very, very close. The RLPA is saying it's a little bit further away, and we've seen their stance still the players... In, in recent days where, um, you know, an NRL.com uh, journalist w- was told to leave a, a post-game press conference uh, after South Sydney, uh, from South Sydney officials at the request of their skipper Cameron Murray as a result of uh, these CBA negotiations, players from the Tigers and, and Canterbury didn't turn up to a, a multicultural launch with NRL CEO Andrew Abdo during the week because of um, the discussions around that, that CBA and, you know, they boycotted lots of things in the lead-up um, to the season. The, the season launch was cancelled. So th- there's been a lot going on, and I can't tell you exactly how far away it is because apparently it's been close for, for a month, Gibby. Yeah, obviously, um, the things that MC mentioned around player boycotts and whatnot, that's been going on uh, f- since uh, sort of midway through the preseason when uh, things were at a bit of a standstill. Uh, obviously, I wear my NRL hat. I do work for the, for the game, so... Um, you know, there's, there's only so much opinion I can have on this, I guess. But um, the, the fact for me that uh, I haven't really heard much from either side, from the NRL, the RLPA 
publicly it's been more the focus from um everyone on the outside outside saying oh why isn't it done you know this is a joke or whatever but I haven't heard anything negative from either side at the moment. So I, I'm assuming they're just still working through things and ironing out the finer details. It's not a small thing to work through a CBA. It's like a hundred, hundreds of pages of, of, of legal document to work through. So I'm going to sit with everyone's just happily working behind closed doors <laughs> to get it done. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, as a player, it, it is, there's, Lots of talk around as well, especially with, you know, there's no female CBA at the moment. I know they're they're in talks with getting that finalised as well. But, um, yeah, not hearing um, too much about it could hopefully be a good thing. Hopefully it is, um, you know, not not far off to being signed off and, and we can get, you know, the contracts sorted and, and um, you know, then our W girls can can get some security with their clubs. Do you have um, yourself, Corbin, obviously you want to get back into training and work towards the back end of the year. What's your, uh, what's your hopes for the rest of the year in terms of your own footy? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm back doing some training. I'm back in the gym and, and um, just enjoying moving my body again. But I hope to be back uh, in the NRLW for this season. So um, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully the, the body pulls up for me and, um, yeah, I can get back into some footy. Are you going to get some um, cup games in beforehand, some like – some state cup stuff possibly so yeah. i'm i'm usually aligned with the cronulla shark so um my plan was to get down and, and throw the footy around for some training sessions and maybe sneak a tr- uh, footy game or two in as well but um yeah that's already in you know week eight i believe seven or eight yep. round seven or eight so um yeah i'll have to get into it soon before before that rounds out but i would love to to get a game in before the nrlw for sure well fingers crossed for yourself and also that things with the cba can progress and then you have a uh, a deal to walk into when that all comes around talking about deals and, and moving over to the round ball co- code in soccer or football as uh, everyone knows it uh, fifa have made the announcement that uh, there's going to be a 300% increase to women's world cup prize money so what that means is uh, approximately 150 million dollars US in total prize money or 226 million Australian dollars is going to be um, the pull with which teams will pull from wherever they finish in the uh, in the World Cup uh, which is um, obviously a really good move from FIFA to make that announcement yeah that's huge um, you know for women's sport in general and you know a 300% increase that's that's amazing and you know hopefully some other codes can follow suit too that'd be nice yeah it's um, <laughs> you're right it's uh it's a, a good move by the, the governing body to do that and hopefully it means for um for probably emerging nations uh, around the world that if if they see that there's an opportunity to, to to sort of earn that sort of money then maybe their their local systems like say in the pacific may um get some funding and also increase their chances of playing at the elite level and progressing through to competitions like the World Cup. And if they were able to get um, on that world stage and have a slice of that pie, it could mean great things for domestic competitions as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, that's what we want, you know, Pacific getting a, a piece of that as well. And um, PNG was so close this year. They were almost the first Pacific nation to qualify for the FIFA World Cup. Uh, but unfortunately, they fell short to Panama in, in New Zealand. But hopefully they can work towards making the next World Cup. Uh, I think FIFA are working towards parity between the men and women's World Cup. So imagine the impact that kind of prize money would have for a Pacific nation like PNG, particularly when a portion of that is now dedicated to paying players. Yeah, that would be enormous for the players to be able to pocket some money uh, to to that value, but also uh, for PNG and and their domestic 
soccer to, to get an injection of cash and hopefully grow the game there. And obviously that could be a bit of a, an example for, for other Pacific nations as well that maybe want to see what's happening in PNG and, and, and feel like they've got some skill and ability within their own ranks that could do the same. Pacific on ABC Radio Australia. Now this week we're going to do things a little different. We're going to take a look at what's coming up uh, for your weekend in sport and we're going to highlight some things that we are looking forward to. We'll start things off with the Super Rugby Old Picky, which is uh, taking place in New Zealand, the grand final. And luckily for us, or fortunately for Sarah Nangama, her team, Matatu, are taking on the unbeaten Chiefs Manua uh, in the final. So we're looking forward to that one, Corbin. Yeah, really excited to see Sarah in an element in the GF. And, um, you know, it's going to be a tough one against the Chiefs. I know they've been very dominant all season, but... Um, Never say never. Why can't the underdogs take the W? Yeah, we, we like to support the underdogs. Now, Chiefs and, and uh, Martha 2 met earlier in uh, week three, I think it was of the competition, and the Chiefs won 46 to 38. So that was probably the Chiefs' toughest game in, in the Opiki competition. Uh, so I'm holding out hope for Sarah and Martha 2 to get the job done. Um, let's cheer for her. Yeah. Now, Sarah uh, is playing in the Opiki, but she is going to be coming back over to Australia to compete in the Super W. She's a superwoman playing in multiple competitions across two different countries, but she's going to be uh, representing the Waratahs, as she always does. That competition kicks off this week. Obviously, Sarah will be playing in her grand final over in New Zealand with Opiki, so uh, she'll hopefully rejoin her squad next week and be a part of round two. I'm really excited to see what the reigning premiers Fijiana Drua can do this year. Yeah, they really dominated the competition last year. And uh, unfortunately for Sarah's Tars, they went down to them in the final. Um, but maybe some retribution for New South Wales. Staying with rugby and Super Rugby Pacific and the men's moves into round five. And one of the matches that we want to highlight is the Highlanders taking on Fiji and Drua down in Dunedin. Um, Fiji and Drua have had a, a pretty good opening um, few weeks to the competition. They've, they came close against the Reds last week. They, they beat the Crusaders. And I think this is a game that they can really do a number on the Highlanders. They're sitting towards towards the bottom of the table, second last, in fact, the Highlanders. So if Fiji and Drew can get a win here, they'll push themselves further up the table. Yeah, hopefully they can play for the full 80 minutes. That's what let them down last week. Yeah, stay in the game, Fiji and Drew. Now, Rugby League, Ron Massey Cup, round two. Uh, last week, the Kaiviti Silk Tails took on Penrith Brothers. Uh, they went down 17 points to 16. It was a, a close match, but they get an opportunity to bounce back in round two as they take on the Bulldogs at home in Lautoka. Uh, this should be um, a, a good opportunity for the Silk Tails to play in front of a home crowd and um, hopefully get their first win of the season. Yeah, it's great to see the Silk Tails taking the game back home in La Toca. Um, hopefully they can follow the Fijian Drawers efforts playing back there for the Super Rugby a few weeks ago. And this weekend, Hunter, they're taking on the Brisbane Tigers at home in Port Mosby, Dean. Yes, round three of the Q Cup will be taking place and uh, the Hunters, PNG, they, they'll be going back to Port Moresby to take on the Brisbane Tigers. They had a draw against uh, the South Logan Magpies last week in round two. The week before, they opened their campaign with the win against the Western Clydesdale. So good start to the season for the Hunters, more improved than last year, you would say. Um, but being back in Port Moresby, you know the place is going to be rocking with a number of fans hanging from the stadium roofs as they support their local team. 
Now, in the NRL, round four will be taking place, and the match of the round that everyone is talking about, two unbeaten sides, two locals. It's the first derby that they'll play against each other. It's the Brisbane Broncos up against the Dolphins. Corby, this is going to be massive. Yeah, huge game. I know there's a lot of talk around it, um, the local derby over in Brizzy, so I can't wait to see it. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be huge. I know the Queenslanders are going to be up for it. And I'm sure there'll be a huge crowd at Lang Park. Yeah, and one player that won't be taking part is uh, Felice Kalfusi. He failed to have his um, charge downgraded at the judiciary, which means he'll have uh, four matches on the sidelines, uh, unfortunately for Felice, because he had started the season so strong. Um, but you're right, it's going to be huge. Uh, I heard the um, the CEO from the Dolphins talking about how Brisbane is rugby league heartland or something to that effect. And um, you've got to expect it's going to, I think it is actually already sold out the stadium. So it's going to be uh, massive there. Who are you tipping, Corbin? Well, I actually think the Broncos are going to get up. I know Dolphins have been super strong. Um, I think they'll miss Felice Kafusi. He's been a powerhouse for them defensively. Um, but, oh, just the form of Reese Walsh. I think he's been awesome and he's going to have a huge game. He will, yeah. The Dolphins floundered a little bit against the Knights last week. Sorry about that one. I'm happy with myself on that. <laughs> yeah, the Dolphins, uh, they floundered a little bit against the Knights last week, and I think their run is coming to a bit of an end. Uh, the Broncos looking like they're getting better and better, um, but it's nevertheless been a great start from the Dolphins. I'll be tipping the Broncos also. The last game we'll highlight um, coming up this weekend, it's a local derby again, but down here in Sydney. Probably won't reach the heights that um, we see up at Lang Park, but the Dragons taking on the Sharks at Cogra. Yes, love the local derby, Dragons vs. Sharks. Um, I think it's going to be huge. Nico's back. Love Nico. But, you know, Dragons had a, a, a tough loss last week against Broncos. Um, I think they'll be up for a big game too. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, the Dragons sort of like everyone had them as like down with the Dolphins as the bottom end of the table. But they've played some solid footy to open open the competition. And I think um, – they got the two points in the first round because they had the bye, which was great. Um, but going up against the Sharks, it is always a, like a, an intense match with both teams. And if yeah, Nico's back on the field for the Sharks, that's a huge in for them. Now, don't forget, you can catch Andrew Moore and the Grandstand Rugby League team calling all the games on Radio Australia. Radio Australia, your home of Sarah and Dean. Well, unfortunately, Corbin, that's all we have time for, but we loved having you, having you on the show. Uh, would you be keen to come back again next week? Absolutely. I'd love to come back. Same place, same time next week. Don't forget, you can find all of our episodes on the Radio Australia website or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Matola kia. Harera. Can you be more Pacific? An ABC sport production for ABC Radio Australia. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.